just for a little context, Kiefer, tell us where you're at. Oh, I am. I am in uh, what city are we in? Vail, Colorado, right now. Sweet. Sitting outside a really nice uh, river that's kind of rushing. It's actually pretty high right now, so the that's awesome. The, it's it's rushing pretty fast, so I've got the nice aesthetic going. I'm just sitting on a bridge recording a podcast. That's pretty sweet. In My Vail, mother tried Colorado. to kill herself skiing one time in Vail, Colorado. She oh thought she God. was going down a blue <laughs> and made the wrong turn and ended up on a black diamond. And oh, no. uh, yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I saw those I saw those ski hills coming in. I was like, we're here at the wrong time of year. You probably are. But there's something magical about mountains in the summertime. Yeah. It's oh, one yeah. of the few yeah. It's one of the few places I can actually unwind and find rest. Agreed. There's something just about mountains any time of year for me that call in that kind of way. I mean, it may, the John Weir quote makes so much sense. The mountains are calling and I must go. Mm, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. In yep. fact, I think when we got here, we're, we're visiting our, our friends. And when, when we got here, I think she had a shirt on that said that. Or she has something in her house that says that. So that's the, power in it. It's the theme of the trip. Mountains are calling. They are. And we got to go. Yep. The, they don't call to me in the wintertime, in part because I don't like being <laughs> super-duper cold. <laughs> and I still feel a little shame at being terrible at skiing. Oh. There's something about the high center of gravity and 265 pounds going downhill <laughs> no. that, that makes it hard to stop and hurt real bad when you stop unintentionally. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> we were having that conversation. We were like, how do you stop when you're skiing? Because me and my family have never been. You and, just, uh, you just like, turn. You just kind of fall. <laughs> no, yeah. you just kind of, like, you start to zigzag, and then oh. yeah, if so you want to be dramatic, maybe been doing you do, it like, wrong. a hard turn, and then you're running perpendicular, and you're spraying someone with snow. Yeah, when you All first right. get started, they teach you what is called the wedge, or the, the pizza slice, mm-hmm. right? Where you make a triangle with your skis. Oh, you know what? I have heard that before. And, and in theory, that works, but it's designed for people who weigh, like, 40 pounds. Yeah, like the um, small children like that often children take those classes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but all it does is make you go real fast when you're big. And, and turning is, is a, a good idea. It's um, been a right. long time since I've been skiing. Oh, it's been 10 Staff years ski trip? Staff ski trip? Youth ski trip? Is that what I'm hearing? Ooh, maybe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. They used to do a youth ski trip here. Bring it back. We could do it. I'll 2020. Or there two. <laughs> oh, tubing's fun. Oh, is it? Does this just like sound so good? Because we would be melting outside right now today in Texas. Maybe not you, Kiefer. I, I think part of that is yes. It's because it's hot and that sounds so wonderful. And I think part of it is because we've been running around like chickens with our heads cut off for about a month and a half straight. Yeah. Um, we're in. We've been road tripping, and that's really good. But now we need a road trip to a little rest. Mm. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Kiefer. We're so glad you're here today. As we mentioned a minute ago, we have been on road trips this month. We made the road trip to annual conference, then to Mm -hmm. mission trip in the beach with our students. We went to Mars and back last week. That's right. What a long trip. 
<laughs> and now we're in need of a little rest. And so today mm-hmm. we're going to look at one of our lost practices of Christian faith, the Sabbath. Road tripping to Sabbath. Road tripping to a little rest. We're thankful that you're here, and we hope that some of the stuff we wrestle with helps you embrace the spirit of rest and Sabbath that God has for you. Over the last couple of weeks, we've, we haven't been as deeply grounded in Scripture along the way, but today as we get started, I uh, would invite you to turn your attention toward Mark chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 23 to 28. In this section, Jesus is speaking about Sabbath. Yeah. And one of the things that I love is that in this text, we have this moment where, where people challenge Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's early in Mark, so they haven't learned yet. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not a good idea. It's not going to end well for you. But they do, and they, they challenge him because as his disciples are walking through the field, they begin to pick a little grain, to have a little snack. And that hmm. technically counts as working on the Sabbath. And, and that's just not okay. That's not on the approved list of things you can do on the Sabbath. And, and Jesus goes through his standard throwdown, and he references David in, in our Old Testament and, and how he broke into God's house and ate the bread of the presence on Sabbath. Um, and then he has this line that I just love. Then he said... Verse 27, the Sabbath was created for humans. Hmm. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. That's such an important distinction, I think, that we miss all the time with Sabbath. Even in our 21st century, I think people have these notions. And I shouldn't just say people because I fall into this category as well, um, where I think if if my Sabbath isn't me sitting by myself, like in a dark, quiet room, focusing on God or even worshiping God in like very high and holy ways kind of thing, then how is that Sabbath? Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where I'm falling into. I'm trying to fit myself into a box of Sabbath. Mm. Sabbath is defined as looking like these super high and holy things. Yes. Rather than me saying, what are the things that God created me for? And what are the things that God created me to find rest in? Because I find more rest in hammocks in sitting and eating really good homemade food with people I love. Um, and in worship, um, last night I actually happened to be out at Glen Lake camp and the power went out. Um, and the power came back on about five minutes before worship was supposed to happen. So the band could have gotten all plugged back in, but they'd already planned on just doing an unplugged set Mm, and they decided we're going to stay right here. And there was something so powerful about just voices lifted, um, with acoustic guitar, harmonium and cone. There you go. That, uh, ushered me into a place of Sabbath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting, uh, especially in the 21st century, right, where we're probably on the opposite end of where those who are challenging Jesus find themselves. Yeah. Right? They, they were in a space where they were so strict about Sabbath mm-hmm. that how dare you violate it, Yeah. right? 
we're more in a place where we're so bereft of it mm-hmm. that that we often don't take it because we think it has to fit in the same in a little mold, right? Yeah. Um, mm. And it violates our um, what we perceive as our sort of American work ethic along the way, right? If you're, if you're not working all the time, you've messed something up along yeah. the way. But I think the message to both is still the Sabbath is made for you. Yeah. And there's an important distinction, too, that I think we can um, try and be like, oh, I'm practicing Sabbath. But I think the litmus test for it is, is are you practicing self-care or are you practicing self-indulgence? Mm. <laughs> that's that's so, a word. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, self-indulgence might look like binging an entire season of something on Netflix and eating any of the junk food that you possibly can or all the junk food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, or spending all the money shopping, right. On things that you want. Um, whereas self care is saying maybe for you, it's digging your hands into the weeds to, um, weed out your garden beds, or maybe for you, it's sitting down and opening a blank sheet of paper to draw or write um, or opening a book to read, right? There, there's self-care practices that, that feed your soul and indulgences just kind of leave you empty, wanting more. I mean, it's kind of like the things dietitians I feel like, say all the time. You know, it's like, are Cheap you... carbs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I find that um, this becomes a really particular reality for me when I do take time away. Yeah. Right. That time can either be spent in a self-indulgent way or a self-caring way. And one of the things that I've learned about me, if I'm going to be gone from work and from life and, and or not from life, I'm not dying anytime soon, but <laughs> we hope not. I, yeah. That's, this is, I got kids to raise. Um, but if I'm gone from regular rhythms of life, mm-hmm. right. I, and I'm going somewhere, right? I make a very clear distinction between a trip and a vacation. Okay. A trip mm-hmm. is a thing. Like when people describe their Disney World vacations to me, that is not a vacation. That is a trip. Every moment is planned. Every detail <laughs> is planned. Every hour, every segment. That is, for me, that is not self-care. I know that for some people, embracing and experiencing all of the experiences is good to their soul. For mm-hmm. me, that's not. Yeah. That's like taking work and going to a different place and, <laughs> and embracing a different sort of ethos of work, but it's still work. You got to work. And so for me, when I go on vacation, it is very relaxed intentionally. It's mm. how do I create spaces to, to embrace care for myself in a lot of different spaces, right? So sometimes it's taking the boat out on the lake. Sometimes it's sitting at the beach. Sometimes it's hiking in the mountains. Sometimes it's, it's just sitting and opening the book, yeah. right? Um, but if from a space crafting standpoint, right, and actually living into Sabbath as, as God intends it for me, mm-hmm. I can't overschedule that mm-hmm. or it is no longer Sabbath. It's time yeah. away, yeah. but it's not Sabbath. Yeah. And mm. I think that distinction that you just lift up, it's Sabbath it points exactly to that verse because Sabbath isn't something that 
I, as a pastor, can like write a prescription and say, if you do steps mm-hmm. one, two, and three, you will have practiced Sabbath. But right. instead, it's a it's a journey, and it's finding those things that feed your soul and fill your soul that allow you to grow closer to God in the midst of them, um, or to experience the presence of God. Man, silence is one of those powerful ways. Or you know sitting next to a river like Kiefer is and listening to the waters pass mm-hmm. um, for me can be a way to encounter Sabbath. Can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Deep thoughts by just Kiefer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, there, there is power in the midst of that finding of space in, in wherever it comes. It's funny, last night... Um, We've got this new sermon series we're getting ready to start called If I Had One Sermon to Preach, mm-hmm. right? And I'm really excited about it. I love yeah. hearing uh, pastors I really respect, leaders in the church I really respect, and, and hearing if they had one thing to say, what would they say, right? Yeah. Um, but as I was making my preparations for Sunday, one of the things that I learned was that my one sermon to preach is very holistic. It's my one prayer to pray, my one song to sing, my one life to live, my one love to give. And it's kind of yeah. all of that mixed in one. And and part of that is not just verbal. It's not just action-oriented. It's visual, too. Yeah. And, and one of the things I've learned for me over the years is that creating visual art, often in a graphic design kind of format, but mm-hmm. but is good to my soul. And it's one of those ways to where I'm not sitting in the woods with my finger or my knees crossed going all <laughs> right. Um, which That's I'm reserved for me and Kiefer. Right. Yep. But it is good to my soul and it is Sabbath that is yeah. integrated and space and time that is removed. While technically it produces work product, that's not the aim. Right. The aim is how do I express and connect to this this powerful notion and idea that I'm trying to to grow into. That's right, everyone. Be looking out come Sunday for some graphic art design from your very own Lean Pastor Daniel. There you go. You know, I am kind of, I mean, I do enjoy the sitting by the babbling brooks and, you know, hammocking and all that kind of stuff too. But I mean, as I'm, this probably plays into a little bit of my Enneagram 7-ness, but the, as new things to me, like anything that's new and and excited it excites me in a in a kind of way and so like as i was coming on this trip even or sorry this is a vacation not a trip i know you like to make that distinction <laughs> but uh but melissa well was done, like Kiefer. melissa was like please don't take too much work with you and I, and like a lot of this stuff like the you know bumper videos and things like that are are still new and fun to me so i still feel like i'm doing great so i think that it's not as clear cut you know what what sabbath has it's to not. mean for everybody and i think that's kind of what jesus maybe was getting at too. He was like, look, there's, you know, sometimes you got to eat, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And that can be just as restful as not moving and, you know, for hours, for, for, for a whole day. Um, and so, yeah. I wonder, um, what, when was a moment where you encountered that you had been ushered into Sabbath? whether you intentionally went seeking Sabbath or perhaps you didn't notice it and you found yourself in the middle of it. Hmm. The, uh, I'm not, yeah, go keeper. Well, I don't, I think it was another, this one was a trip <laughs> that I took with my family. 
um, like a long, it was a long time ago. I think it was in, yeah, I don't know, it was maybe 10, 15 years ago, but I, it was, a, we went to the Grand Canyon. Um, mm. And I mean, the car ride getting there was definitely not <laughs> restful, you know, family vacation. <laughs> we talked about that last week. It was one of those, uh, just family vacations and road trips, you know, that the car ride after a few hours is, you know, a little old, but rolling sure. up. I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, but there's sort of no just a moment. Goals. There's Oh my gosh. Well, you got to oh, go for this reason. It is reason. so amazing there's, and uh, awesome. You got to well, go, then, Melissa. One day. Then Daniel, oh, yeah. Daniel, you'll know the moment I'm talking about is when you, if, especially if you took the same way, which I'm assuming we did, you kind of roll up and then like all of a sudden you just are looking at it. Like it just yeah. kind of comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, that's the, you know, the biggest canyon, you know, in the world, like right there. And, and, and it wasn't this slow rise. It was like all of a sudden you just hit the drop off and you see miles wow. down from where you are, which is just, was crazy to me. And I remember, I think we were literally in the middle of, it was at least a conversation, but I think it might've been starting to get a little bit heated. Like, you know, just the way family conversations can get. And I think we all just kind of shut up, like right at the same, it was like, <laughs> whoa. And yeah. so we just sort of entered into this space. And I mean, we didn't, I don't think we talked for another five minutes, even while we were driving. And of course we get out and spend hours just looking at the craziness of the Grand Canyon. And it was just one of those times where like, I, I feel, I still remember being filled with a certain, you know, energy or a certain, you know, it, it, it was just that that feeling of um it was partially awe but just partially like you know what what was i just worrying about 20 minutes ago this this is mm. beautiful canyon right here i don't i don't i don't it was like all my worries and everything kind of washed away in that moment so that's that's a particular one that i remember it's funny how sabbath invites us into thin spaces yeah those spaces mm-hmm. where the the spirit and uh, and touch of god are so much closer than we ever thought they might be. Yeah. The veil between heaven and earth grows so thin that it feels mm. like you could reach mm. across and touch the other side. Mm. Yeah. Amen. That was me snapping. And often when we don't take Sabbath, we miss it. Yeah. Those moments are there, but we're too busy. We're too focused. We're moving too much. And we don't get to experience the awe, the wonder, that ineffable feeling that you can't really describe all that well of a thin space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've wondered as we've had these conversations, you know, tying back to Mark here where Jesus again says the Sabbath was created for humans. Humans were created for the Sabbath. How much and how distinctly important is our self-awareness to our experience of Sabbath? Right? How grounded in our understanding of who we are, how we tick, what makes us tick, how God has formed and created us impacts how we should search out Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it plays a huge part because if we don't know ourselves, how are we going to experience the Sabbath that is going to fill our souls Mm -hmm. um, the best? Or are we just going to be playing into the stereotypes of Sabbath? Or most likely we're probably not practicing Sabbath. Um, And I think oftentimes what you see when people don't practice Sabbath, right, especially people who are connected within the Christian tradition, you lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's just a, a reality. Sabbath is one of those things that calls you back to, to remind you that you were created for more than work or mm-hmm. labor um, or menial tasks even. Um, right. Though sometimes I think menial tasks can fall in the category of Sabbath, right? It gets into those um, waters that, again, mean you have to know yourself. Um, yeah, you talk about menial tasks. I can remember... In Red River, New Mexico, we went with our girls a couple years ago, and and that's one of our favorite summer places, Mm -hmm. right? And and one of the things that they have is every day they have the, and you walk downtown, in the community center, they have these little build-a-boat things where you get three pieces of wood Mm -hmm. and all the nails you want and a hammer and then paint of seven different colors. Uh Uh-huh. And your job is to build a boat with your child that will float down the river. And they have races, right? Uh-huh. That's a menial task. Yeah. And yet, there's something holy and restful about sitting down hmm. with your three-year-old and helping them embrace their creative imagination and figure out how are we going to build this thing and what's it going to look like. And Yeah. You know, oh. I've swung a lot of hammers uh-huh. in my day. Wow. Most of them aren't Sabbath-connected. Uh-huh. But some of them are. Yeah. Like, I think about that, too, that, um, you know, speaking of being on road trips, you know, on and on and on this whole past six weeks or so, um, now that I get to return home, one of the things I've taken um, Sabbath time in that wouldn't always fall in this category is actually just caring for my home and being like, mm-hmm. you know what? The uh, nothing's been dusted in six weeks. Nothing <laughs> has been swept or mopped, and um, the laundry needs to be done, and those kinds of things. There is a sense of Sabbath, not always when starting the task, but especially when it's complete, mm. and it gets to feel like this space in which um, intentionality has happened in, in a space in which. Um, I get to invite other people to once again come into, or even to invite myself to kind of say, welcome home. Um, Well, that's part of something that is grounded in who you are, I think. Um, As we've gotten to know each other better over this last year, aesthetic really matters, not from a have it be pretty, but have it be intentional and have it be real and have have there be a sense of care in it, right? And so that makes complete sense that that is an act of Sabbath, not when it's forced, but yeah. in a season whenever it is just there. When the people are coming over in two hours and the meal's got to be prepped and the house needs to get cleaned head to toe kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> that doesn't count. No. But when you can take your time with it and you're doing it because you care for it. Yeah. There can mm. be a moment of encountering God in it. Yeah. For sure. What would we suggest to everybody? If we've got somebody listening today who is struggling to find that place of rest, struggling to find that thing that feeds their soul, I hope and pray they've heard in in our conversation a number of ways in which the ordinary can become holy if we approach it from the right angle and and know know ourselves well enough to to pick out those things that that help speak to our soul and help us find that place of, of rest along the way. Um, what would you say to somebody who's really struggling to find that peace and that rest in terms of cultivating um, their spirit and their soul to even be able to see what this rest can be and what it would look like? Yeah, um, 
I think there's a couple different ways you can go at it. One is if they know someone who practices Sabbath well, is to ask to go alongside of them mm. and yeah. to experience their practice of Sabbath. It might not be the right practice of Sabbath for you, but in it, when you see the posturing, when you see the way the breath changes to breathe deeper and easier, um, then I think it becomes easier to acknowledge, oh, I just had a moment of that in my own life. And then the second piece of that is, is to just try things with intention. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to start with set aside your entire Sunday or your entire Saturday, um, to figure this out, but it can look like, okay, every, um, Thursday evening, instead of coming home and doing the normal things, I'm going to come home and get situated and cook dinner or whatever that might be. But then I'm going to take 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and I'm going to just draw or I'm just going to read or I'm just going to try meditation or reading my scriptures, you know, trying and maybe it's just 30 minutes once a week um, for the first Mm -hmm. Uh, month or so until you find, and it might be a mixture of those things, or you might find something else, or it might be going for a walk or a run. Yeah. That that 30 minutes a week timeline is a really powerful one. I had somebody uh, who was was helping me early in in my walk and early in my embracing of Sabbath. Kiefer earlier mentioned his Enneagram number and he's a seven, right? Mm -hmm. Which means, and so are you, Melissa. Yes, Um, I am. Which means experience and yay are part of your life. Yep. Um, I'm a three, which means if if there's a number that is most prone to becoming a workaholic, Mm. it's a three because we thrive on the perceived success associated with workaholism, right? You can get, uh, you get rewarded for Mm -hmm. working like a banshee. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the th- so early in my life in pastoral ministry, I had somebody come alongside me and say, "Not even the the thirty minutes a, a once a week thing." Yeah. But what does seven minutes a day look like? Yeah. Um, seven minutes a day of praying, seven minutes a day of reading your scriptures, seven minutes a day of sitting in rest and peace. That wow. they didn't use the word meditation because I wasn't in a space to hear meditation well, right? Yeah. I, I had stereotypical thoughts about monks in. East Asia, (laughs) right? I mean, and so I wasn't ready to receive that, Mm -hmm. but I could hear what's it look like to sit for seven minutes? What's it look like to breathe for seven minutes? What's it look like to just rest in God's presence for seven minutes? And then the the fourth seven minute thing was examine your life. Look at those places. Where are you happiest? Where is your soul most fulfilled? What is that thing that may not qualify as a standard spiritual practice thing that feeds your soul? Some people, it's, it's hitting golf balls at the, at the driving yeah. range. Some people, it's playing their guitar and singing. Some people, it's... Mm-hmm. Laying in the trillium. Laying in the trillium, yeah. Yep. Some people, it's walking their dog, right? Yeah. But for me, early in my practice, practice of Sabbath, that daily rhythm... Yeah. Um, made easier what is now a more weekly rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, just naming that, what is that thing that seven minutes every day I got to do or something's not right? Yeah, I so like that. I'd encourage folks to wrestle with that question. I like what Melissa said about, you know, just if you have somebody in your life, I've definitely had friends and things before that I've looked at and gone, you know, how do you, 
you take care of yourselves in way in in ways that I've never thought about or, or wouldn't have come up with on my own. And I've, and I've definitely gleaned from that before. But what that taught me the most was actually how to listen to myself a little bit better. Um, I think mm. I'm a very think I experience the world very externally like I'm always kind of taking in what's happening on the outside more naturally than I do what's going on in my brain uh or in in you know what what and so I would say that listening to you know yourself and this goes along with what you were saying too Dan was is, is listening to yourself and um being able to recognize that change in yourself and I think Melissa referred to it as that change in breath all of a sudden you really kind of can feel relaxed um being taking taking time and effort and putting that towards watching yourself and observing when 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 are you really being fulfilled and being being filled up when 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 are you actually when is your spirit really being renewed um that's actually a question i've struggled with up until really recently was i i thought certain things brought me joy and sometimes those things kind of die out so i think sometimes it changes too you just have to be willing to listen and and go along with with yourself as well and really be in tune with what um with what you need yeah i think there's incredible power in listening to the god voice that lives inside each and every one of us amen Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. We hope you've enjoyed these road trips, and we hope you'll let us know. Uh, Give us your feedback through our email, through the church Facebook page, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Rate us, review us, let us know that you're listening. Find somebody you know who needs to be a part of these conversations. Over the next couple of weeks in July, we will be not road trip anymore. We're, we're going to have a season where we get to know our church staff a little better. I'm excited for this. Me it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I got to, got to tell you, I talked to Becky right before we came to record, uh-huh. and she looked at me like, I am not looking forward <laughs> to this. And then I promised her there wasn't a camera, and it got a little better. So we hope and pray you'll get to know your whole church staff over the next four weeks with us. We're, we're going to try to find some fun questions, some interesting questions, try to find somebody who will join me on Team Marvel isn't any good. Um, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But but anyway, if you share belief with me, tell me, we'll bring you on the podcast. Is that what it takes to get on the podcast? (laughs) Yes. My gosh. You know what, though? Two of the hosts are not with you. I feel like maybe that's kind of a delusion you've got. (laughs) <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I think I may be embracing more of a dictatorial spirit here in the weeks oh. to come. The, uh, no, not really. Not really. I couldn't do that on a bet. Um, but we do hope that you will join us this next month as we transition from road tripping to getting to know your staff a little better. Um, because that's part of how we are in ministry together. By knowing each other well, uh, we can help name those places and times in each other's life where we say, you look like you're at the end of the road. Have you embraced Sabbath? Have you tried something like this? We can speak into each other's lives when we know each other that kind of way. And so now that we're glad we've gathered together, I'm going to invite you to grow. 
invite you to grow in your knowledge of yourself. Ask, what is it that feeds my soul? When have I had those moments where all of a sudden it's like you've driven up on the Grand Canyon and you're overwhelmed? When has your soul gone from stirring and stirring and stirring and stirring to just rest? And when you can find those places, how can you go there more often? And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go this week. May you go knowing that your creator designed you for Sabbath. That the God that loves you enough to come down to earth would remind you that Sabbath was made for you. And may you go knowing that the Holy Spirit will encounter you when you find those moments where you breathe deep. May you go in peace this week. Amen. Amen.